0: Everybody knows the Alice Cooper song, "'School's Out for Summer.'"
1: That's right. I even know that song, Scott. At the end of the chorus, he actually says, School's out forever.
0: Which has finally
1: come true.
0: (laughs) It's been feeling like that in the Madison School District anyway, where we have not had our kids in school since
1: March. I think the date is March 13th. I was just reading a story about it on Madison.com.
0: A whole bunch of districts across the state have been doing classes, at least some of them, in person. But not Madison, and not most of Dane County. What seemed to really change things was in late November, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top infectious disease expert for the U.S. government, went on a couple TV shows and said, let's bring the kids back noting that Europe's had good luck with particularly younger kids coming back to school and not spreading COVID-19 as much. That led our editorial board to call for schools to come back into class sooner than later in a Sunday editorial titled, Fauci Sends Message to Wisconsin Schools.
1: Yeah, the editorial broke the internet. It
0: almost broke the internet. We got more than 250,000 people read it online. And of course, many, many read it in print. Then Dane County health officials said the kids could come back. Madison School said they'd decide by January 8th, that's Friday, whether some of its students will come back for second semester. But, and this is a big but, the teachers' union is skeptical. We're going to talk about why schools should come back sooner than later to in-person classes on today's Center Stage with Milford and Hands, the Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milford. I'm the editorial page editor for the Wisconsin State Journal.
1: And I'm Phil Hands, I'm the editorial cartoonist for the Wisconsin State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The more educated half.
0: So we're the more educated half you seem more like you'd be in detention, Phil.
1: I don't know. I do have a master's degree in journalism, so... Ooh, hoity-toity. Hoity-toity, yeah. I'm like I'm like half the cab drivers in, in Madison. I got a master's degree in something. One of the
0: smartest things I've heard, and this might even include Dr. Fauci, on this whole topic came from a neighborhood kid on Madison's east side. This was months ago. She said, why don't they just let the students and the staff who want to come back come back And those who don't want to come back, don't come back, and then see how that shakes out.
1: It might just work perfectly. Yeah, I I think that was a little too much common sense for the Madison school district at the time, Scott. (laughs) So I want to say something right, right off the bat. I mean, every plan about reopening schools would have... Uh, a provision for people who feel like, like especially families who feel like they are susceptible to the virus, to learn online still. So nobody is going to be shoved back into a classroom against their will.
0: Yeah, that's important because we have had some parents. I mean, writing into us or calling in and saying they absolutely do not want their kids back in school for such and such reasons. There may be higher risk factors, for example, in that family. But right, nobody's talking about forcing anybody back all the schools that are having in-person classes are at least providing some sort of options. The issue really, I guess, would be more with staff. If you're a teacher and they're going to be in-person classes, then I guess you have to show up for classes.
1: Yeah, and you can make provisions for teachers who feel like they're especially susceptible too. I think teaching is an essential job I think we need to make provisions for teachers who are at high risk for the virus and the disease, and we got to get them inoculated as soon as possible. We have a vaccine. I think teachers should be above journalists on the list of who gets vaccinated first.
0: Yeah, in fact, our editorial on the topic urged state leaders to put teachers on the same level as, say, EMTs and police officers, so initially you're going to have elderly people in nursing homes, healthcare frontline workers. But when you get to that second tier of essential workers, let's include teachers on that list so that they get the vaccine before most grownups like you and me.
1: The whole issue with the schools closing that has really frustrated me has sort of been the utter lack of imagination from our local school district on how how we open up schools safely. There wasn't a real impetus to make sure we get schools open as quickly as possible. They didn't seem to worry that there was harm being done by kids doing virtual learning. And we know for a fact now that so many kids in the, in the Madison School District and across the state really cannot learn virtually because they don't have Wi-Fi, they don't have parents at home who can who can help them get through technology issues and lessons. And oftentimes it's the kids from impoverished backgrounds and students of color who are struggling the most with virtual learning. And these are the people we're supposed to care the most about. But the district in Madison, it seems like there's been no drive to make sure these kids get back in a classroom as soon as possible, which really sort of frustrates me.
0: The main focus has been on worry that students and staff would be exposed to greater risk of infection if classes came back in. But the second half of that is that leaving them at home contributes to social isolation, abuse, depression, hunger. That's all according to the American Academy of Pediatrics. And then on top of that, we now have data suggesting that they also are slipping badly in math.
2: Close the bars and keep the schools open is what we really say. Obviously, you don't have one size fits all. But as I said in the past, and as you accurately quoted me, the default position should be to try as best as possible within reason to keep the children in school or to get them back to school. The best way to ensure the safety of the children in school is to get the community level of spread low. So if you mitigate the things that you know are causing spread in a very, very profound way, in a robust way, if you bring that down, you will then indirectly and ultimately protect the children in the school because the community level is determined how things go across the board. So my feeling would be the same thing. If you look at the data, the spread among children and from children is not really very big at all, not like one would have suspected. So let's try to get the kids back, but let's try to mitigate the things that maintain and and just push the kind of community spread that we're trying to avoid. And those are the things that you know well. The bars, the, the restaurants where you have capacity seating indoors without masks. Those are the things that drive the community spread, not the schools.
0: That was Dr. Fauci speaking on ABC News, November 29th. That's what prompted our editorial that you can read at go.madison.com slash Fauci, F-A-U-C-I. At least now, Madison is talking about bringing kids back and with some accommodations, and this sounds like some of the things that you're talking about, Phil. The new superintendent was just doing a QA and a on Facebook, and one of the things they talked about was potentially bringing K through second grade back first, and then gradually staggering out the older kids coming back, having uh, accommodations for teachers who are in high-risk groups for infection, so older teachers or teachers who have certain underlying health conditions and doing temperature checks and the things that a lot of districts are doing. I mean, one thing our editorial said was New York City was bringing back its kids because of a lot of those things I just ticked off. I mean, they're one of the most progressive politically cities in the country and Mayor de Blasio is bringing back the kids. We feel confident that we can keep schools safe. That was de Blasio. Here's what New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said. It's literally safer for a child
1: and a teacher to be in the school than in the community.
0: Joe Biden also pledged to open most of the nation's schools during his first 100 days as president, according to the Associated Press. Though he wants more money for schools, for protective equipment for testing, and to accommodate at-risk teachers and students.
1: What sort of bugs me is that our Madison school district is worried so much about equity and diversity and, and closing this achievement gap, and having the schools closed for a week longer than they need to be, all it does is exacerbate this achievement gap dramatically. Because my kids, who do pretty well in the schools are doing just fine because I can work from home. I can be there when they need some help. We have strong Wi-Fi because I have that for work. My kids can do virtual learning just fine, but there are so many kids in the district that don't have all of the privileges that my kids have. They're underprivileged kids, and they need the public schools, and they need to be in person. And all of a sudden, Madison forgot to care about them, it feels like. We talked to,
0: last fall, you may remember, Phil, Democratic assemblymen, from outside Madison, who were saying that in-person classes were working well. That was last fall. That was Representative Considine from Baraboo, Democrat, and Representative Don Vrewink from Milton, another Democrat. And they're both former teachers, too. Importantly, both former teachers. And uh, a lot of times Madison likes to look to Europe as a utopian example. Well, Europe's had the kids back in large part anyway. And the science says that there hasn't been a lot of infection in schools. I mean, that's one of the things that frustrates me too is here in Madison, we often hear, let's follow the science, do what the science says. And a lot of times Madison is right about that. (laughs) The Republican legislature in particular often does not follow the science when it comes to things like wearing a mask so that you don't expose others to COVID-19 if you have it. But in this case, the science, as Dr. Fauci said, increasingly shows that students, particularly the younger students, are not big spreaders of this disease.
1: People in Madison seem to think that every school in the state has been closed. There are thousands of kids at every level of education going to class on a regular basis throughout the state of Wisconsin. And there hasn't been widespread transmission amongst younger kids because of COVID-19. Now, there's been some outbreaks in high schools, I think, and some schools have had to close down and start back up again. But I still say having kids who need to be in school to get the sort of services and support and educational resources they need, even if that school has to close down again because there's an outbreak of COVID-19, that's worth it. Shutting down again is worth it to get these kids... The education they need. We're leaving too many kids far behind.
0: Our editorial suggested that we start at least with the younger kids coming back at second semester in late January and then gradually bring back the older kids. That's what a lot of other districts are now planning to do in Dane County. Middleton voted to bring back their youngest, their K-4 kids. The superintendent there wants to bring back middle schoolers on February 22nd and high schoolers on March 11th. In Key, they're talking about bringing back the 5th through 12th graders January 26th. In Sun Prairie, they're talking about all grades coming back February 22nd. In Markazan, the school district where a superintendent of schools died of COVID-19, albeit in the summertime when school was not in session, Markazan has kept its schools open. And some of the reason for that is they don't have good technology. I mean, I think one thing that you got to say for Madison is that they have tried hard with hotspots and personal computers to make sure all the kids do have technology to connect digitally online with their teachers. But the trouble is, how do you keep a kid engaged when they're one of 20-some blacked-out boxes on a screen for the teacher? A lot of those kids aren't showing their faces on Zoom.
1: Most mornings, I sit with my daughter for the first couple hours of her online school, and I'll draw a cartoon or edit letters or something like that. And those second graders in her class, you can't shut them up. They all have their screens on, (laughs) and they come in with the most bizarre non sequiturs and they have questions for the teachers. And I, I I will say it has been impressive to see how engaged they are compared to my middle school son who, yeah, the teacher's looking at a wall of black screens of, with, and they can't tell if anybody's even paying attentions. Whereas my daughter's class, it's like, Hey Jimmy, what's three plus five. I have a new shoe. Look at my shoe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I've overheard some zoom classes high school classes. And my impression from those are the teachers are really trying hard to get high schoolers to engage. And I think the sooner we can get them back, the better. That doesn't mean we don't pay attention to public health. There are lots of things that districts, including Madison, are looking at, whether it's more cleaning, whether it's keeping kids in smaller groups together. So if somebody in a class gets it or even outbreak, all those people can go home, but not the whole school. Just the class where the outbreak occurred.
1: Well, I think part of this that's so frustrating that it's been so frustrating for so many parents was early on in the pandemic. You know, the teachers' union said they were opposed to having their schools open again until there were two weeks without a case of COVID nineteen in in the in Dane County.
0: Yeah, anywhere in Dane County, you had to have zero cases for two weeks, and then they would come back. That was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe that made sense at the time, because we didn't know less. We, we knew a lot less about the virus at the time. But nowadays, that seems there are lots of places that are holding schools safely where there is more virus than that going around. So it just sort of felt like there was no metrics to look forward to. The district didn't seem like they were really pushing to open the schools as soon as it was safe or have an idea of what safe meant and how close we were getting to what safe was, especially for the kids. So... That's what's been frustrating as a parent is just sort of what are we looking for? What are, what are the metrics we can look for? What is the district considering and, and what are they going to use to open the school district? They didn't tell us anything for a very long time.
0: Madison has a very, to this day, strong union, Act 10 or no Act 10. It's a powerful union. It's a union that affects school board races a lot. And if you're a teacher, you probably want a strong union because you don't want to be going back and taking a risk with your health. But there's a flip side to that, which is what about the health and well-being of the kids? And so it's got to be balanced with that. I'd say probably the comment we got the most when we did our editorial touting Dr. Fauci's comments that we should bring the kids back, uh, a lot of people said, well, Fauci said shut down the bars and bring the kids back to schools um, because that's a lot of what they've done in Europe. Well, gee, the bars are
1: closed here in Madison and Dane County. Yeah, we got accused of ignoring Fauci's first bit of advice of closed down the bars. But the bars have been closed in Dane County for, you know... Months. Months, yeah. You can sit outside in the cold and drink a beer in a snowbank. And there are some places that are restaurants that people can saddle up to the bar, too, if they want to. But we don't have 400 people packed at Whiskey River Saloon on State Street. Dane County
0: really has cracked down on bars. Hopefully a number of them can hold on through the winter to when it warms up again and they can start doing some patio business.
1: Because you and I, we love bars almost as much as we love schools. (laughs) Yeah, almost. I've learned a lot at bars, Phil. I've learned amazing things at bars.
0: I think the other strong reaction to the State Journal editorial touting what Dr. Fauci said, his scientific advice, is they noted that there was a high school 16-year-old at East High who died from COVID-19. Younger people are not immune.
1: Yeah, it was a very sad, tragic incident. He was also the youngest person in the state to die of COVID-19. He wasn't in-person school. There are thousands and thousands of kids his age doing in-person school across the state, who I'm sure some of them contracted it, and per, uh, but none of them have died.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is he didn't get it at school. We know that because school wasn't in session, just like the school superintendent in Now, you could, I suppose, extrapolate and say, well... If they had been in school, then maybe more kids would have died. But that's not what's happening across the state where kids are in school.
1: Another problem with the approach that Madison has had is there are some families that can't be at home. Parents have to be away. You can't leave your first grader at home alone all day to do virtual learning. And so you have to figure out how to put them in a daycare center or some sort of virtual learning center. And... Those have to be staffed by people. And the people who are staffing those, those care centers, oftentimes they make a lot less than t- public school teachers do. They're being put in harm's way to protect the public school system. I am involved with the Neighborhood House Community Center in, in Madison, and there's two young women there. And they make a lot less than public school teachers make. And it's very trying and, and difficult to, to deal with it. But they're doing it because they care about the community.
0: Elizabeth Byer, our K-12 education reporter last Sunday, had a very well-done story on more and more districts considering bringing back students, if they haven't already. A whole bunch of them have. Near the end of that story, they talked to the pastor at the church where the boy from East High School who died from COVID-19, they talked to his pastor about how the community was feeling. Obviously, it was heartbroken. At the same time, I thought it was interesting that he said for a number of families in a, a, a Madison's Hispanic community, sending back children to class is necessary. A lot of the Hispanic workers, he said, are in essential jobs, essential frontline jobs. They can't be at home with their children. So if they have a young kid and they have to stay home because the schools aren't open, what that is is it just decimates the income of that family. So there's also economics at play here. I know people don't like to put economics ahead of health. But in a lot of ways, the economics of a family affects the health of the family.
1: The ability to have your kids learn well virtually is totally a white privilege thing. You know, if we, if we want to talk about white privilege, that is paramount there. There are so many, especially communities of color where they, people have jobs where they really do have to be the food service industry or or people who work in the healthcare industry people are need to be at work they can't do it from home they can't do they can't draw cartoons from their desktop computer like i can there are so many people that need to be at work doing tough hard jobs that need to be done and they need the public schools So that their kids can learn, and so it doesn't affect their livelihoods just to have to stay home with their kids. Are you implying that drawing cartoons is not tough and hard? I'm exactly implying that. Now, editing letters to the editor, that's tough and hard. That is grueling, mind-numbing, front service line work. But drawing cartoons is a joy and a pleasure.
0: We did run two entire full pages of letters to the editor responding to our Dr. Fauci editorial. But I tell you what, whenever we're on Dr. Fauci's side, I feel good, Phil.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And most of those letters were people critical of us. At least the letter writing class is not with us on this push to reopen schools. But I think we're on the right side of history here. I think it's really important to do what's best for our kids and for the families of frontline workers.
0: And as we said, let's get those teachers the vaccine sooner than later.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I can wait for mine. Make sure mine goes to a teacher. While it seems like a lot of the state Republicans are sort of on the same side as us on this issue, the idea that the state legislature is going to mandate that every school district should open because they said so, isn't helping the cause of getting kids a good education. And I don't think that's the the, the idea there. At one point, Republican legislature wanted to force schools to open on, on a certain date, which I thought was just a horrible idea.
0: Unless the school board voted with two-thirds majority to keep the school closed.
1: Yeah, I think we should have local control, control of our schools. I think we all want that.
0: Which is what our editorial said.
1: I think this would be a lot less controversial if the bad orange man in the White House Uh, hadn't been pushing to open schools up for so long and demanding that schools be opened, no matter what the science said. (laughs) Just like everything else in this pandemic, if he had taken a presidential unmeasured approach to it, We wouldn't be in this position because I think half of Madison is like, well, Trump wanted schools to open and the Republicans legislature want the schools to open. So clearly they must stay closed no matter what.
0: Ignoring that many Democrats, such as Representatives Considine and Vrewink and Mayor de Blasio and Governor Cuomo and now President-elect Joe Biden also want them to open.
1: You know, ignoring that Dr. Fauci, the head scientist in the country, says they should be opened if they can be opened. Instead of focusing
0: on politics, we should focus on what's best for the kids, I think.
1: What a novel idea, Scott yeah. And that's why we're part of the Sensible Center
0: And Dr. Fauci says what's best for the kids Is getting them back sooner than later Right around the holidays there He had a nice cartoon with Fauci And a nice wreath around him
1: Oh, I did draw a cartoon with Fauci, yeah he was—he was We were decking the halls with, with, uh, with Fauci with a wreath he sort of looks like a who a little bit so i felt like the the grinch stole christmas he looks a little bit like a who ouchie who yeah
0: he's no he's not a santa claus type no no more of a who he's in good shape (laughs) our theme music is by tube tester